This time on episode 433 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Miss Marvel Disney Plus Season 1, Episode 4, Seeing Red. I'm Anthony Bachman from All Things Good and Nerdy, a geeky podcast part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other fantastic geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm not producer of the show, Director SP. I'm Agent Michelle. That's right. This week, Director SP is on a secret, secret level seven mission. So I am the one that gets to push the buttons. So welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel comic universe fan show discussing the Marvel cinematic and Marvel comic book universes as told by Kevin Feige and his team. This show is recorded on Wednesday, June 30th, 2022, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast Karachi-wide. Come join our live chat as we record. And we like talking about Marvel. Because of the importance of your genes. If you would like to talk to us about the importance of your genes, whether they're actually your genes or you're wearing them, you can come to our website, legendsofshield.com. If you want to leave us a message about why your favorite genes are your favorite genes, you can give us a call at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can tag us on Twitter, at Legends of Shield. If you think you found a new way to break down the entire human genome using nothing but toothpicks and gum, you should probably make a video about it and tag us at youtube.com slash geek. If you would like to discuss your genetics or just your favorite pair of jeans, you can join our Discord server at gonageek.com slash Discord. And don't forget that Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of gonageek.com network, where every single host can fit into a single pair of Jinko jeans. (laughs) That got me. Oh my goodness. All right, so Miss Marvel Episode 4 premiered on Disney Plus Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. This episode was called Seeing Red. The IMDb description, Kamala travels around the world to solve the mystery of the Bengal and her family's history. We're now going to go over the creative team. The director is Charmaine Obad-Chanoy. Has 15 directing credits starting in 2004, including several documentaries and two episodes of Miss Marvel. Now, Charmaine is not an ordinary individual. She is a Pakistani Canadian journalist, filmmaker, and activist known for her work in films that highlight the inequality among women. She is the recipient of two Academy Awards, seven Emmy Awards and a Knight International Journalism Award. I am getting this information, this part, from the Wikipedia page. Her most notable films include the animated adventure Three Bahadur, 
the musical journey song of Lahore, and the Academy Award-winning films, the documentary Saving Face, and the biographical Girl in the River, The Price of Forgiveness. Her visual contributions have earned her numerous awards, including two Academy Awards for Best Short Subject in 2012 and 2016, and two Emmy Awards in the same category in 2010 and 2011. She has also won six Emmy Awards, including two of which are in the International Emmy Award for Current Affairs Documentary category for the films, the terrorist drama of Pakistan's Taliban Generation, and the documentary Saving Face. Throughout her career, she has made many records. Her Academy Award win for Saving Face made her the first Pakistani to win an Academy Award, and she is only one of 11 female directors who have ever won an Oscar for a non-fiction film. So, Chris, what do you think, first off, of just her basic biography when it comes to filmmaking? I'm not sure that this is an actual human, because how does a single person do all this stuff and do it this well because this is just amazing and i have no idea how i hadn't heard about her before i know it's one of those things where i saw the name and i'm like is that because i remember hearing about the documentary and everything because saving face is about women who get acid thrown on their face and it's just like how does someone of her caliber get the attention of marvel and there is an excellent interview with her on pop sugar i've linked the wikipedia article and the pop sugar interview please check it out i am going to i have to share a little bit of it because it's why she ended up on miss marvel She was thinking about moving into narrative work when her agents told her Marvel was looking for Miss Marvel directors. Both her daughters were fans of the comics, and she thought it would be a great fit. Chris, this is not the first time I've heard my kids wanted me to do this. I mean, obviously, her kids have good choice here. And by that, I mean good taste. Exactly. The article continues, Obaid Trinoy wanted to use Miss Marvel to tell the story of partition in a personal way. She drew extensively from the oral history archive, sitting down with the rest of the creative team to make sure they were telling the stories authentically. She says that the heads of Marvel were totally on board with exploring this massive historical trauma through Kamala's story. Quote, they've trusted the entire team. Because Marvel brought so many authentic storytellers through the mix, not just in front of the camera, but also behind the camera and everyone who worked on location, through design, through costumes, they drew from their experiences that were very diverse. It really shows because this story is being told in the most authentic way that it could have been told. And this is where I'm going to say representation matters, not only in front of the screen, but behind it as well. Yeah, one of the comments I saw watching some reaction videos was how happy, whichever video it was, I can't remember, but how happy they were that there wasn't what they called that awful yellow filter that gets put over everything that isn't America or Europe. And just the fact that we got to go in here and see authentic, as far as I've seen, Karachi, I think is a big deal. Indeed, and I think we're going to talk about that more as we get into it. So, Chris, 
What about the writers? Handling story and teleplay duties, we have Sapir Perzada. They have six writing credits starting in 2015, two episodes of Person of Interest, one episode of Roswell, New Mexico, a couple episodes of Moon Knight, and this episode of Miss Marvel. You also have AC Bradley working on the teleplay, which again, six writing credits starting in 2005, of which 20 episodes of Troll Hunter are involved, a bunch of episodes of Six Below as both teleplay and story by credits. Five episodes of What If, and three episodes of Miss Marvel here. And you also have Matthew Chauncey, her murder in crime, on Three Below for 26 episodes as a staff writer, eight as a story by, and eight as teleplay by, five episodes of What If, and three episodes of Miss Marvel. Excellent. And of course, Bishika Ali is the showrunner. So now we are going to do our Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. exclusive synopsis. I'm going to start. Kamala and her mother call a truce before arriving in Karachi, Pakistan. During the drive to Nani's, we see the wonders of the city. While trying to find her room, Kamala finds Nani's art room. She talks about drawing what she remembers about the partition and her mother, Aisha. Of course, Nani knows she's Jin. The train Nani left on is the same train from the vision. They have to eat outside because no one told Kamala about the no jeans rule. Kamala reveals how American she is by not being able to handle spicy foods. Kamala goes alone to the train station, where she puts on her mask and enters the restricted area. Big surprise there. She's attacked by a man wearing a red bandana, Kareem. After realizing she's not a clandestine, Kareem takes her to the secret Red Daggers hideout. Walid tells the story of the Red Daggers. They protect people from the unseen. A map shows how the Nord dimension borders our dimension. The clandestines want to tear down the veil between our dimension and Noor. Without the veil, the Noor dimension will take over ours. Walid is able to translate the bangle, which says, what you seek is seeking you. Nani tells Kamala about how she's working out who she is. She lives in Pakistan, but she has roots in India. While Kamala hangs out with Kareem and his friends, Muniba and her mother have a talk about how she felt about her mother's story and why she left. Walid thinks Kamala's genetics allow her to shape Noor. The clandestines, having escaped the Damage Control's prison, attack the Red Daggers and Kamala. Not with them is Cameron, because Najma refused to help him as punishment for going against her by helping Kamala. Walid, Kareem, and Kamala fight the clandestines and escape. An intense car chase takes us through the streets of Karachi. Both groups do a lot of damage. The three end up on foot. The clandestines split up. One group chases Walid, while the others chase Kareem and Kamala. After Walid kills a clandestine, Najma kills Walid. Kamala and Kareem fight the clandestines. Kareem takes one out. Najma's knife hits the bangle, and Kamala is transported back to the night Nani got on the last train heading for Karachi. All right, there's a lot going on in this episode. So, Chris, what is your overall thought? Somehow, we knew that family was really important, but I don't think we had any idea that it was this important. And I love how, again, this show is being unapologetically, this is our culture, deal with it. I love that we're being in this actual Karachi, that it's not some sort of 
touristy vision or that weird, let's put a sepia tone over it because it's not Europe. I just love this. Now we're going to get deeper into the episode. And Chris, you mentioned family. Why is it important? How is it important? I was really surprised when Nani just had this non-reaction reaction to them being Jin, like just as a familial thing. I thought maybe it would be something that she knew about, but I didn't think it would just be a giant part of the entire family story there. And it was really cool seeing Kamala's mother be like overbearing mother type to Kamala, but then having to sit back and just take that same kind of treatment from her own mother and the reaction that Muniba had there, knowing that because of their familial upbringing, she really had no choice and had to just kind of sit there and take that from her mother. And wondering if maybe that's a lot of why she treats Kamala the way that she does. I find it interesting that Kamala has a lot in common with her grandmother. It seems that her grandmother, knowing that they're Jin, seemed to share these ideas with Muniba, who did not like it, who did not like being made fun of because of it. Now you get Kamala, who is into this, obviously, with the bangle and wanting to be cosmic and exploring the powers. And they're both artistic. And I've seen it in my own family where the parent and the offspring don't get together. Like, they don't mesh. They have issues. But then the grandparent and the grandchild actually get along. Have you ever had that experience? I've had friends like that with my family. It's been a lot of everybody kind of getting along well enough to where I didn't notice any big old disconnect there. And I like how it is mother to daughter. I have been, I have seen, read so many stories where it's father to son, father to son. This is great grandma to grandma to mother. To daughter. And I really appreciate this. And I like how it's getting the complicated nature of mother daughter relationships. It was so interesting as I got older to see how my mom interacted with her mom, because my mom is both being my mom, but also being her mother's kid and my grandma wasn't someone that you questioned you just didn't and to see their interaction i found it to be fascinating yeah going to visit my grandparents was always like in my house the kids had the chores that they were going to do the parents had the chores that they were going to do and then all of a sudden you know seeing my parents doing the kids chores and my grandma insisting that we don't help out with stuff because we're obviously her favorites because we're the grandkids and that's just how it works. And having to see my parents, especially my mom, because we would visit her parents more often, like seeing them go and all of a sudden they have to be the ones on their toes about what they're saying and how they're saying it. And we 
to basically do whatever we want because we're just the little baby grandchildren. Indeed. You can tell Nani is very happy to see Kamala. Basically bypasses Muniva, grabs Kamala and is like, let's go home. You know, they're sitting in the backseat together as they're going back to her house. And then on the flip side, we've got the clandestines. And Najma is not mother of the year. I think this is where we could say they're not the good guys because she's just like, I'm going to leave my son to this damage control people because he disobeyed me and helped Kamala. And part of me wonders if it's a combination of he helped Kamala and perhaps her disappointment that Cameron wasn't able to do what Kamala does. Yeah, in the comics, like he has his own power set, but he's got something going on. It's just not like how, because Najma sees Kamala and is like, that's the way home. But my son could never do anything like that, at least that I know of. And I'm not even going to give him a second chance, even though he's my son. I'm going to leave him to the wolves. She's being very utilitarian about this, which is not the way to keep your children in your life. I think this sort of signal to me, they're not the good guys. Yeah, I can definitely see that. They might not be all the way bad, but they're certainly not good by any stretch. We find out why they might have been exiled. Because at the Red Dagger's secret hideout, Waleed puts this map on our map. And you see how our dimension and their dimension, it's like the Nor dimension is kind of almost on top of us. And there's a veil between them, of course. The clandestines seem to want to tear down the veil. And if so, then Nor just overruns us. Do you think they were kicked out because there could have been a movement in Nor and to take us over? Because they said they were exiled. You think that might be why? The fact that they said exiled and not just totally kept out makes me think that it was something going on on our side of the veil. Maybe they were trying to break it down from there and get other people in, which I guess amounts to about the same thing. Yeah, there's still a mystery about that. You know, they found Kamala, you know, sensing the Noor. She's using the Noor. She was really using it very well, especially in the fight with Kareem. Oh, that fight was so cool. You know, the fact that they're both going out there. I think this is the first time that we've seen somebody that Kamala is fighting, like, actively using the hard light that she creates against her, like, in a really good, thoughtful way, as opposed to earlier when the clandestine were, you know, they were kind of using it when it was there, but it seemed more reactionary. So having somebody who was almost predicting what she was going to be doing with it I thought it was really cool. Although I think both of them have the skills to get a few more hits in. So I'm wondering why they were both holding back. Probably because they didn't know each other. I love Kareem's 
noticing that she has abilities like from Honky Kong. I hate how everybody, though, that I saw reactions to was using screenshots from Donkey Kong Country and not the Donkey Kong arcade game that is totally more in line with it. Exactly. He figures out she's not a clandestine, which is good. Where would you like to go next, Chris? Getting into their secret hideout was so cool. Like My wife was like, oh, they're taking him through the kitchen, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I want a secret oven door to a secret hideout. And their hideout was just so well constructed and everything. I loved it. I did too. I was not expecting that. We get the bookcase. It's always the bookcase. I have been told that if we do not have one of those secret bookcase doors in our next house, then there has to be something really, really good makeup for it. Like a secret door behind an oven. Yeah, that would definitely qualify. And then we've got an intense car chase. There's more vehicles than cars. There are a variety of vehicles. They're on foot. They're not on foot. They're back in vehicles. What did you think of that sequence? The different vehicles I thought was a great touch, both because I'm tired of seeing car chases and everything, and also they're being more authentic to what you would actually find over in Pakistan. So you get the little motorbikes, you get the buses, you get the big old old trucks that we would see here in like a 70s or 80s movie style. and you get the bicycle pulling carriage essentially and that's what's taking them through everything and just the navigation through the crowds is something my dad has told me about from work he's done over in that area of the world all the obstacles that they have going on with the different merchant stands and being able to just kind of crash their way through things and people, I mean, like, they're noticing, but you're in a place that's pretty densely populated. So people are just kind of crashing into stuff. Not to that extent, obviously, all the time. But you got people passing through your stand. You've got people pushing through the garments that you're selling so they can get to the other side. And just using the terrain the way that they did, the thing that my wife was commenting the most about was just how colorful everything is and how she wished everything like that could she wished that everything over here could be like that and be that colorful because she's tired of seeing boring old brick and same three colors repeated everywhere and it really i think gave us a better sense of how much they were actually running through the city because you could tell that they weren't just passing the same building over and over in a loop or anything. Indeed, this was dynamic, kinetic. I think the only thing that was missing was a Stan and a guy going, my cabbages. Yes, that would have been perfect. We lost. We just met Walid, but then we lost Walid. And then we've got the big fight with the two of them against the other clandestines. Um, Kareem takes one out, but then we get Najma 
taking her knife and hitting the bangle. And this seems to transport Kamala back to that night where Nani and her father end up getting on the last train. What do you think about that? I'm kind of wondering if Najma did that on purpose or if it was a total accident. I've seen a lot of theories thrown around on what these bangles could be from. A lot of them original Captain Marvel related. I haven't seen enough of things to really be able to speak about it here much beyond that. But I don't know. And that's part of why I'm loving this series is there's so much stuff in here that we don't really know why things are happening or what's going on, but it's in a fun storytelling way. It's not in a, why aren't you telling the story, right? I should know these kind of things way that I see from other bad TV shows. The way Waleed showed the map made me think that this isn't typical time travel, that she's travel through the nor and it's like she's there but perhaps that train station where it is the veil is thin and so she's there as someone traveling the nor and not actual time travel does that even make sense yeah i think that makes sense and this is an entirely new dimension for us too so you know, they can play around with how things work a little bit. Yeah, we've been seeing Aisha, you know, be the one in the visions. Is she trapped in a pocket dimension? Is she trapped in the bangle? We don't know. And I can't wait to find out. This series has. I'm actually going to go, this is, I think this might be my favorite one so far. I know it hasn't. We still got two episodes. I don't want to jinx it. You know, Shireen is actually going to direct next week's episode. So obviously that feeling and tone is going to carry over till next week. And the skill that she's shown, her first narrative outing is this. My goodness. These stories that she could tell, the fictional stories she could tell is amazing. And I can't wait to see more for her when it comes to that. But I haven't had the complaint that I've had when it comes to Falcon and Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, all of them. What's the point? Why do we care about these people? What is special about this world? This has been immediately like Kamala having those family issues, getting the bangle, trying to figure out how to do the superpower, having the superpower and realizing that doesn't solve all your problems, having the generational interaction, having this interesting story with a dimension. I am loving this show. And I think a lot of why this one seems to be working better is they're not spending time trying to convince us why we should like these people. They're just showing us who they are. And, you know, if we like them, we like them. And it's worked for most of the characters and we like them. And from what I've heard from people who don't like people, they're not having to sit through 
a bunch of dialogue and stuff trying to convince them to like someone anyway so they can just get past that part and like the people that they like indeed is there anything that we've missed so far anything you want to talk about kamala's grandma is giving me giant uncle iroh vibes just her whole sense of herself and she still needs to find herself and why spend a giant amount of effort to try to do that because she has plenty of time to try to find herself and just reminds me that we should always try to find the cool old people because they're cool for a reason when she told kamala that there's beauty in the pieces that is so uncle ira right there and for those of you who are not understanding our reference uncle ira and and also the cabbage's remark is from the animated series the last avatar avatar the last airbender and in that we have uncle iro who yes is with the fire nation but he's so much more he loves zuko who's his nephew so much and god i remember that scene where no zuko basically almost went back to the dark side and then he finds iro again and iro is just like come here i love you it seems as though that's nani in a way is just yes you have this bangle yes you've been doing all this trouble but come here girl there's beauty in the pieces admitting to her that i don't know exactly who i am kamala being able to find nani in her hiding spot that right there of course shows that connection because it's very difficult to find someone in their hiding spot trust me it's, it's beautiful it's just so beautiful yeah, I definitely didn't tear up at all when she said that. Not one bit. What about you? Is there anything that you think we missed that we shouldn't have? I'm actually going to go off of your comment in the show notes about a romance plot. In the comic, there really is one, like there's a lot of crushing going on and whatnot from what I remember. But here it's romance showmance. Let's be superheroes i love that so much like you can obviously tell bruno has a crush on kamala you can obviously tell kamala has a crush on cameron okay done let's go on with the story like, you don't need the romance and everything just because you have multiple humans in a space does not mean that people need to try to make romance happen or anything happen like that there's more important things sometimes like keeping your world from being destroyed exactly and she's getting more pieces of her comet costume yeah you want to go into that she's getting the blue vest for her comet costume she's getting the scarf for her comet costume she has the mask for her comet costume i mean we've all seen the promo images we knew this was coming but just how naturally they're coming it's not oh look i found this cool thing that's just hanging up magically somewhere. It's like actually in the story relevant ways that she's getting them. And I love this whole thing. Me too. And for those of you who aren't, we're talking about the blue vest, correct? There's the blue vest. There's the scarf in this episode. Both of those. 
are really getting into there here. I know she got the blue vest before, but I think this is where it hits more. Yeah, well, Leed said there is history in every fabric of this vest. I wonder what he meant by that. Like, who did it belong to? Well, I know my wife is really protective over some fabric she got from her grandma. And there is absolutely 0% magic in that fabric. Besides the magic of it used to belong to her grandma, so she loves it. Indeed. So this does this wrap us up with our conversation? It's either that or we're going to go on for three more hours. I think we should pause it here and let everyone know that next week we are going to be talking about Miss Marvel Season 1, Episode 5, the penultimate one. I am so looking forward to it. I cannot wait. So, Chris. What do we need to do next? I think that we should pop some wheelies on our motorbikes on the way out. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to us. We always appreciate it. You can find me on Twitter at shell underscore game. Chris, what about you? And you can find me other places on playcomics.com, where as we're recording this, the next episode, assuming the world doesn't end, is conveniently me talking to one of the editors on a soon-to-be-ending Kickstarter project producing the end of the world, a big old comics anthology. Wow. That sounds really interesting. It's really good. Everybody should go check that out. Indeed. And of course, if you would like to get in touch with us, you can, of course, visit our website, legislativeshield.com. Leave us a voicemail, 844-THE-BUS-1. It's 844-843-2871. Get us on Twitter at Legends of Shield, YouTube, youtube.com slash geek, And of course, our Discord at gunnageek.com slash discord. And until next time, I'm Agent Chris. And I'm Agent Michelle. See you next time. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunnageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. It's July 4th weekend, isn't it? It is. The kid that my wife nannies for is having his birthday party on Saturday. And then we're doing our July 4th stuff on the 3rd. And then we are having recovery day.
Ah, do you live in an area like I do when fireworks are just going to start like probably tonight? Tonight is iffy, but definitely Friday, Saturday and Sunday and Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's just going to be fireworks. Four days, probably four days of fireworks. And some of those fireworks might be gunshots. Oh, yes. Not in a dangerous way, just in a people shooting things off kind of way. All right. Are you ready? I wish I had my new headphones, but these will have to do. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Hopefully next week I will have my desk moved and I'll have my lighting proper because I bought a new light and I'll actually have that set up. As I know I've been looking weird for like a month. And I'm going to. Bye, everyone. Bye. Yes, and broadcast. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2022.